Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. From the Summer Skate Studios, behind the mask hockey shops, present College Hockey Southwest Live for October 17th, 2021. Tonight's scheduled guest, nchchockey.com writer and gateway editor, Jordan McAlpine. Behind the masks, College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by the NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey under the bright lights of Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Dine-in, take-out, or catering your next event. We're at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Also at all Allegiant Stadium events as well. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. By Boost Mobile. With Boost Mobile, you always get plans and phones to fit your needs. And by Burrito Express, the East Valley's home of the always available breakfast burrito. Go to burritoexpress.com for the location near you. College Hockey Southwest Live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans as it may be. This indeed is College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by our friends at Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Ah, that's a heavy sigh. Paul Hornstein, Scott Strandy, joining you tonight from beautiful Denver, Colorado. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, out on Long Island, New York, that side, Paul, was because uh, what a weekend in college hockey it was. Well, was that a good sigh or a bad sigh or a sad sigh? Or, no, that, or that was a good sigh. That was a good okay, sigh. I, I, think, I, just because, I think everything was good because, I mean, we had controversy. We had oh. uh, unbelievable games. We had a couple of sweeps for the teams in our um, coverage area. Uh, so it, it was a good sigh. I just was saying it was just time to time to just let it all out. Okay, I, I just I just wanted to make sure because um, it's not going to happen this way all season long. But oh my lord, if this if <laughs> if, we, if can we if, hope for it anyway? Well, that's what I'm saying. If these first three the first three weeks now, listen, eventually teams play conference games, so it's not quite the same. But still, uh, if we're if 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 weeks if every week is going to be like these first few weeks with the upsets. And 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 the the big matchups and the controversies and so forth and so on. Bring it on because this is, I mean, one of the things that happened over the weekend. We could probably do two hours on. Just one of the things. I think we well, could do two hours on all of them if we wanted to. But well, yeah, <laughs> people get tired of listen to us now after three minutes. But um, man. Uh, just it was just a nuts weekend and a crazy weekend and um 
Well, before we get into all the craziness, let me tell the, the folks that uh, Jordan McAlpine is going to join us in about 30 minutes or so. He's uh, he's covering a game today. He was actually working uh, covering right. the Omaha-Alaska game. So so uh, we'll have Jordan on and get his thoughts as well. But before we, it, we jump into the controversial it, stuff. Right, well, I was going to say his series was a lot like the one you were at. Yeah. <laughs> right? A mismatch? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, the second games were mismatches. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, the first yeah. games uh, went down to the wire and and and, and were close all the way through. Okay, um, so even today's game was was close for a while. So let's start there. Air Force and Denver. The as right. Frank Saratori told me, it's uh, not really a rivalry because he hasn't won enough games yet to make it a rivalry. But right. he said, "Can we just call it a front range series? Two teams from the front range going battle." Is that I what said, they okay. is that what they call that area? Because yeah, yeah, the Denver area is the front range of the Rockies, apparently. So that's okay. Uh, I learn something new every day, especially wow, when you're listen. around Frank for very long. <laughs> wow, yeah, it doesn't take very long there either, and that's whether you know him for. 20 years or two minutes. Uh, right. So so anyway, Denver went to Air Force Friday night. It was my first chance to uh, to watch a game at the Air Force Academy. And right. wow, wow is all I can say. Uh, 23, 2400 fans probably in there. The cadets were rowdy and wild. Uh, it, it was unbelievable. Alex Schilling, uh, <laughs> the kid is one of the best goaltenders I've ever seen. I want to talk to him so bad. I finally got to the bottom of it, Paul, why I can't interview him. All right. I don't know well, why. I'm listening. Frank won't let anybody talk to his goalie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly I, wouldn't I, let you talk to him. That's for darn sure. I, I asked for him during the week. No, he had class. He couldn't do it. I'm going like, really? At any time? And then I said, what about uh, after Friday night's game? Oh, no, that's taboo. You'll never talk to Frank's goaltender after Friday night game. Well, it's, not, a, it's true, isn't it? Maybe a couple of minutes you'll get to talk to him on Saturday night if if everything goes really well, but not very long. And I said, well, see, here's the deal. I'm doing this feature. It's called From the Goal Out, and I've got all the other goaltenders. And he goes, yeah, but you don't know Frank. I said, yeah, I do know Frank. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It ain't happening. I'll just wait till, till Christmas break or sometime when Alex Schilling has time to sit down with me. So if you're thinking Alex Schilling is the next up in our series on Friday, it won't be. It'll be Willie Rhyme. <laughs> Let's, uh, listen, what are you going to do, right? I mean, first of all, goalies are goalies. I mean, um, it takes us it takes a special kind to say, yeah, shoot those vulcanized pieces of frozen rubber at me at 100 miles an hour. Who cares? Okay, and if, you, if you've been to the website or to YouTube and you've seen my new feature that I put out there called Coach Speak – um, I, I visited with Frank after Friday's game. And I, I, there was me and, and uh, another gentleman that was uh, that writes for uh, his own website in the Colorado area. But anyway, we go sit down in Frank's office, and he's got a big plate of food he's eating. And he says, I said, I'll just shoot above the food, Frank. He said, yeah, fine. I said, how are you doing? He goes, not good. No, he lost. <laughs> so, he so lost. Said, what did you expect him to say? <laughs> well, so I said – I said, okay. I said, um, you know, I, I said, I, I watch Alex play. And I said, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said about goaltender. It's always in the right position. There's a lot to be said about goaltenders that are very athletic. I think Alex is both. And he corrected me right away. He said, Alex is a great, is a good, a very good athlete, but I've had better athletes, but I don't know that I've had uh, a goaltender that's more solid 
than Alex Schilling. And that's exactly what I want to talk to Alex about, but eventually I'll get there. So anyway, I said, uh, you know, I watched him, Frank, and uh, he stopped pucks with every single part of his body against uh, Denver because he had to. And uh, he was he was getting him on the shoulder. He was taking him off the mask. He was getting him right in the midsection. He was getting it off his legs, uh, off his blocker. He was catching him. I mean, it was just phenomenal. And I was saying, unbelievable. I want to talk to this kid. So eventually we'll get there. Um, but in the meantime, um, they played Friday night. Uh, Air Force was in for a battle. Um, wow. Enver was in for a battle. Listen, and, I, I, I thought – that Air Force on, on, on in the Friday night game was right there. I know the shots don't re, re, will reflect a, a a look like Denver was dominant, but it really took Denver until about midway through the third period before they really looked like the team we expect them to look like in most cases. Um, you know, what? it was a one shot game until about five minutes to go in the game. Here's another Frank comment that you'll get a kick out of. Uh, I asked him what he had to do to to win the second game. He goes, ask me what I have to do to win a game. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, okay, yeah. what do you have to do to win a game? He goes, we got to win a period. Yeah. And and he said, you know, we were we were tied after one thanks to a less than a second left goal yeah. um, in the period. But they were tied after one. So he said, that's a draw. And then he said the second period – we're down by one. He said, if we were just one, the third period, we would have probably either tied or won the game. So right. he said, our guys have to learn two things. They have to learn how to score first, something we haven't done all year. And right. secondly is um, they have to learn that uh, you got to win a period in a hockey game. You can't be tied and you can't lose periods if you expect to win the game. Yeah. And then Saturday night was just, it was just a blitz. Uh, well, let me tell you, and I talked to a lot of people in the press box. On and by Saturday the way, and, 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 and I'll say this, you, you talk about coach speak. You got a lot of coach speak from uh, David Carl on Friday night. <laughs> Except okay. you, you brought it up to me. I knew this right at the get-go. I, I knew you were going to catch it too, by the way. You said okay. he, he called out his team. He yeah, he did. Absolutely 100% did. And people are going to be like, uh, anybody that heard or watched or saw the video or read the comments after the game, okay, uh, coaches will very rarely single out two or three players or four players and praise them like he did the four or five guys he did on Friday night. Yeah, let me tell you something. That was his way of calling out the rest of the team. Yeah, and let me tell you something about Denver. If you guys haven't been, and I say to my listeners and everybody else, if you haven't been listening to me since, oh, April, when I said Denver is going to be uh, special this year, and the reason for it is David put a plan in place. <laughs> and, and I talked to a couple of local guys from, from Denver that had talked to him personally over the summer. I talked to him maybe three times, but somebody talked to him more on a regular basis like every week, and they said, He's been on a mission since they lost that bid to the national tournament last year. And uh, it, it's all a plan. And, and it's funny because in the post game and when I get to meet with him on Tuesday, and I'm going to be here Tuesday just for that because I want to get his comments about going to the East Coast this, this next week. But anyway, 
when I when I had a chance to visit with him, I asked him two things, and and he looks at me and he kind of smiles with a wry smile because he knows he's going to give me the same coach speak answer. But I ask him about his freshman, and I ask him about um, his plan and uh, being the sleeping giant. And we're getting closer. I asked him this week. I said, "How close are we? How close was that to a perfect game?" And he said, eh, "It's closer." Um, but I watched him the last couple of weeks. I watched the practice each week. I watched uh, what he's done and what he said to the media. And um, he is a man on a mission. And I asked him, I said, how much better can your freshmen get? Because when I watch them play, I don't know if they can get any better. And well, he said, well, they can of, get better. <laughs> first of all, okay, let's, let's, let's get it straight. People are not listening to you. That's no I don't listen to you, so why should anybody else? That's one. <laughs> Two. Um, you know, uh, Denver is not a sleeping giant. I don't know where you get that from, but okay. Um, one off year doesn't. Did you, have you looked? Sleeping giant. Ha, have you looked at the preseason poll? Yeah, that I, I don't give a crap. Have you? I know, but that's what other people think. Well, obviously, let's, let's the people put that way. put the polls out think that they're they're not as good as they say. Well, let's put it this way, okay? Um. You asked how his freshmen are doing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we're going to find out in Denver's next six games. Yeah, that's why at I Providence, said. At Boston College, two games at North Dakota, North Dakota. and home they, for Western Michigan. We're going to yeah. find out pretty darn quick. Yeah. Even, if, well, even though we kind of already know. So, yeah. So, I mean, so anyway, that's what I asked him for. I asked this week to sit down with uh, – uh, Shai Booyam and um, Sean Barron's together. Uh, I'll see if I get it tomorrow, but that's what I asked for uh, for the feature because I'd like to get their opinion. They're, they're two different size players. They're both freshmen. They're both drafted into the NHL with with their separate teams, but um, two different players, but they see a lot of ice time, a lot of ice time. They're on the first and second pairing um, so they, they get on the ice a lot and, and I'm just anxious to sit down and talk with them about how it's been. And thank goodness, uh, Ron Navenbauer, uh, the, uh, SID at, uh, Denver has been so good to me to, to give me the players that I've asked for, because that's where you hear the stories. Anyway, we'll get into that in a little bit. So it was a sweep for Denver four and right. now, as you mentioned, they're going out East. Um, they'll, they'll play. And this was interesting, dude. I, Dave, I asked David about that and he said, well, this is by design to play two separate teams because he said we're preparing for the national tournament where you got to play mm -hmm. two different sites and two different times and two different teams. And he said, this is preparation. He said, this was done on purpose. Of course I it said, was. Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, that that's what Denver's doing. Uh, and that also takes care of Air Force. Air Force this week is heading to Lindenwood. And right. I'm going to break this right now. Um, Air Force has been told by the Atlantic Hockey Commission oh, that this is it's just ridiculous, that this is a non-conference NCAA Division One hockey series. No, it's not. Next Saturday and Sunday. That's what Atlantic Hockey said. I'm just telling you what they said. I know. Yeah, well, okay. I know. But that's what they said, and um, the SID is going with it. He put out the release. Right. Dollar. I, 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 I'll he put say out the this. release that said I'll it's a non-conference series. Uh, well, it is a non-conference series. No, that's... no, no, no. Here's the difference, Paul. Non-conference series means you're playing uh, a team not in your conference. Exhibition okay. is what it's called when you play a team that's not in your same division. 
not let. Not right, well, let's. Then uh, here's what we should do then. Uh, next Sunday, um, if he will allow himself to stoop to a level this low, uh, let's get Chris Perry on, who's the commissioner of the. Right, he's he's the commissioner of the league that Lindenwood's in. Is that the, whatever. Yeah, is yeah, he, one is, of his leagues. Yep, one of his leagues. Yeah, he's he once two. again, if he can, if he's willing to stoop down to this level, and talk to us, um, bring let let's, I let let's let's go. Bring him on. Let's 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 let's, let's hear. Well, that I'm stuff. sure that I'm sure Chris would be happy to. But here's the thing: um, <laughs> that game will be just barely over with by the time okay I, I come on the air. So. What are you who talking knows who we'll about, have, dude? But, um, that game starts at four o'clock New York time. It'll be long over. No, no, four o'clock this time, uh, the Central time. No, or no, is no, no. It... I am looking at one of the websites. Oh, four o'clock Mountain time, right? No, four o'clock Eastern time. It says. Uh, it's wrong. It's wrong. It could because, be because uh, the the release that I've got from Air Force says four p.m. Mountain time. Which would be six p.m. Okay. your time, but still, yeah. Uh, right, either make way, it long five, over. That it gets an hour and a half. Yeah, that'll make it five p.m. on uh, Central Time, and yeah, that means two and a half dude. hour game, seven thirty. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so anyway, that's that's what happened in, in that series. Uh, I want to quickly talk about Colorado College because there's not much that we can say about that, and then get to the uh, oh, I, I, I let's, let's, we, we want to talk about you want to talk about Colorado College? We no, can no, do that. no, Very no, easy. Hold, no, hold on a minute. I know we can. I'm just saying right. that that Chris Mayotte's got a plan, and it's going exactly the way he planned it. He's playing. Uh, I will team. say this. I will He's say this. Playing okay. He he officially on the books got a, a loss and a tie. They should have swept that series, and I guarantee oh, you. I guarantee you, guarantee you that he was pissed on that way home, on that flight. Oh, absolutely. On their way to Boston College because they should have, they, they outshot Union. Uh, It was, it was not even close. They were, they just couldn't score. Oh my God. That's the problem with his roster right now. I understand that. Goal scorers. He's got, and he, he built this team around Dominic Bossy. And um, yes, but and the, Matt all the Vernon. power play time they had on Friday night. Oh my lord! Yeah, and, I know. Saturday night they they they. But were, but oh, tell me this: not through, through four games in the in uh, the NCAA season with all the stuff that he's had to de- deal with, um, and he's allowed like what, what's the most he's allowed? Three goals? Yeah, that in was any on game? Saturday night. Yeah, I get. I understand <laughs> all that. I'm just telling you, he's not going to be happy. There's no, no, no way he's happy. No, of course this he, weekend. Of course but, not. You know, but, maybe if you get it, maybe if they get a split, maybe right. uh, he says, "All right, this is what it's." Well, hot. he wants to win every game, but there's of also a realistic side of Chris Mayotte, and he realizes that's what I'm saying. If they, if they, if they win one, the, if they uh, go on the books officially as as a win with one of the two games, I, I, I think that's fine because some, you know, there are some nights you lose to the goalie, and that's what they did on Friday. Right, but uh, but not with all that power play time. They but here's my major. here's my point. My point is he's done everything except score because he's got played lockdown defense. He's got great goaltending, and he's kept the games close. He hasn't been blown out. He did. He, there was no eight three eight nothing uh, thing at this point anyway uh, on his resume. 
So what he's trying to do is build uh, from the goal out right. and, then, and then increase the talent level, but also work on um, sniper stuff. And, and what's funny, that this goes back just a little bit, uh, it's not really relatable, but kind of. Two things I got from my ACHA game of the week this time was that uh, the assistant coach for, for Colorado, I said, how do you keep the guys positive after uh, you've lost four in a row like that? And he said, well, we made, it, we made practice fun, and we did drills to help them score, to teach them how to score again, because some of them had been snake bit. And they did a couple of practices last week, and guess what? They beat Utah on Saturday night, uh, so or Friday night. Yeah, I get um, that, but it, it not only did they have all of those power play opportunities on Friday, it was a steady stream of Tigers to the penalty box on Saturday. Yeah, that I'm as, sure he's as, not happy as, with. As Union got two power play goals, um, to even to 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 go in front three two. So uh, you know, yeah, CC came right back with a power play goal of their own. Uh, by Stan Cooley to tie the game at three before it went into overtime, but Union seven penalties are not going to be he, Mayotte's just not going to be happy. There's just no way. No, no, I, I, and I'm not, I'm not arguing that point at all. I'm just telling you that his teams have not been blown out, and everybody, at least to this point, and everybody that I talked to in the off season said, "Well, you better get ready for Colorado College. They're going to get smoked every game out. They're not even close." Have you seen their team last year? Have you seen their team? All the guys that they lost, they're going to get smoked. They have not gotten smoked. No, they we know they get close. They have that. stayed close with every game. But it's not just goaltending because you've got to have solid defense too. Well, and, uh, defense was not the problem this weekend. No, I know. But what I'm saying is goaltending and defense is what you need to be consistently shutting teams down. Anyway. So, so Colorado College, I believe they came home. I'll find out tomorrow, but I believe they came home and are going um, back. Um, wow, that's if I understand okay, the that practice be, schedule, but um, wow, okay, I'll, I'll find out for sure tomorrow. Um, but that that's what I kind of All heard right. from from Jerry uh, over there. So we'll uh, we'll find out. Um, and that leads us to Arizona State, who we both said last week after that weekend in Denver, they needed to have uh, a big series at home. And I think 5-1, 5-1, yeah, that's a pretty impressive big series to take care of New Hampshire. Well, uh, listen, I mean, um, the game on, on, on Friday night, uh, ASU was, was, you know, it was, it was a struggle. And then they, they finally exploded in the, uh, in the third period and scored a bunch of goals to, uh, to, to, to win that game 5-1. to one. Um they were uh, pretty much shut down on the power play for the first time all year. Um, you know, the, the shots, uh, I, there's in the third period, ASU breaks the tie um, as uh, Demetrius Kumanzi scores his first goal of the season. Uh, and then it was just bang, 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 bang. Uh, ASU got three quick goals to put the game away. Um, I, I thought we saw a couple of things that came out of that game. Is one I, I think uh, the coach has settled on some line combinations. Uh, I think the you know getting uh, uh, Ryan O'Reilly back. Yeah, that certainly that certainly helped. Absolutely, um, it has become quickly uh, apparent that uh, you talk about Denver's freshman defensive pair. Uh, it is 
quickly become apparent that Ethan Schmaggy and uh, Ty Murchison have become, um, if not one, uh, I don't think it's a 1-1-A situation. I think they have quickly become ASU's top defensive pair. And Yeah, I, you know, I agree got, with that. From what I saw Saturday night, they looked really solid. You know, they, they got Cole Brady had a good weekend. He was very very solid in the net. Cole, Cole or Cam, which Brady uh, Cole. was? Cole. Oh, okay. Cole. Cole. Okay, just check. Um, we're not even. Well, I, you know, we. The... <sighs> <laughs> I digress. I just had to get that in there. It's funny. Well, uh, it was you, funny. you guys, you know how personal I take the streams that come from. <laughs> I know, I know exactly. And and the fact that they're not. Uh, this is uh, and this is not. This is. I don't want, I just, they, they just, they're supposed to be somebody reviewing this crap and they don't, but that's another story for another podcast on a different topic. (laughs) Uh, That's a long one. Okay. Anyway. Um, But so so Friday night they rebounded, got, got the win. Yeah. Uh, And I don't, and, and, and I think it, it took really until the third period until they really got some sustained offensive zone time. Um, you know, a bigger problem early in, in the first the first two periods was they didn't get a lot of, you know, it was a lot of one and dones on the shots. You know, and yeah, um, yeah I hear you. You know, you're not going to beat a goalie like that most of the time. Uh, we did see the goalie get thrown out of the their, their starting goalie get thrown <laughs> I out wish of I the game. Seen that. I didn't get to see that one, but oh my okay. goodness, um, that doesn't happen often. Oh, it does not. Um, and on the play, okay, uh, Johnny Walker came in, and the play was kind of dead. Now he did kind of, you know, every time you stop, you get a little spray, and that and your goalie would be fine with that. And it looked like uh, that Johnny was going to, you know, try to avoid knocking over the goalie, looked to avoid knocking over Mike Robinson, who was the starting goalie for New Hampshire. And I, I listen. Could could Johnny have said something? What? I know that's a shock. <laughs> I get that. Okay, I, I but, would be more shocked if you'd have told me that Johnny didn't say something. But, but it, you know, that's it part of his to me game, like he Paul. tried to. It's his game. I, I, yeah, chirping is part of his game. But I also, um, like I said, it looked like if you if you were watching the game that he did everything he could including trying to keep the goalie up and then the goalie spears him in a place nobody wants to be speared. Oh my goodness. Um, and got a five minute penalty, got thrown out of the game. Okay. Um, a, a, let me give the officials credit for catching that and, and being strong enough to do that because that's a tough thing for an official to do is take your starting goaltender out when they do something uh, so, well, so I don't think I've ever seen that. The officials for doing that. I haven't. I either. don't think I've ever seen that. I haven't either. That's why I say give give a lot of props to those officials, whoever that uh, pair was that uh, that did that, because that took courage. You know, um, it was uh, it, it 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 was weird because when when the games, you know, when that play happened, you know, you don't always, especially based on the design of the building. 
with the cameras, you don't always see, you know, the things that happen. And I, in the way it was set up, I saw Johnny try to grab the guy to make sure he didn't fall or get or run him over. The next thing you know, he's on the ground. So somebody <laughs> obviously said something. Yeah, right. I, I don't know what camera they used to get a replay, but they did. And uh, well, in in all fairness, there are cameras right over the goal, obviously, uh, for reviews. So I'm sure that's right. the camera they went to. You're not going to see that on the stream, but uh, it's there for use um, by the officials. Right. Okay. Well, obviously that's what they did. So, um, and then Saturday night was was. Uh, a, a much better game. It was. It was by. It was by far the 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 lines you know together the second night and and I think they're starting to click a little bit. Um. You they they got uh, not only did they get two power play goals on Saturday night, which we've come to expect almost. It sounds weird, but. Um, Colin Thiessen got a shorthanded goal, so ASU was plus three once again in the specialty teams department. And unlike the other night, last week in Denver, and maybe that's just because they were playing Denver, yeah, you go plus three in the in, in the specialty teams department, you're going to win most games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, you're right. They were playing Denver. Um, and there's going to be a lot of teams, including a couple out east, that are going to find out just how good Denver is. Because if you think – they're going to take anything lightly this entire season. You are sadly mistaken. Let me go back to one thing real quickly, and then we'll take a quick break in case uh, Jordan's ready to come on here in a little bit. Okay. Um, uh, the other thing I was going to tell you that I heard from an ACHA coach, which you talked about David Carl calling out his players. Well, um, I talked to Morgan Feeney after the game at Utah, and he said, hey, after the first period, my message to the guys were, if I have to, I'll go down to one line. <laughs> if you I don't want to compete, if you don't want to compete, I'll go down to one line. And uh, he said that he credits uh, a couple of players for taking that to heart and uh, stepping up the rest of the team to give a little more effort. Now, I talked to the captain after the game, and he admitted that maybe they had a little bit of bus legs. I mean, they didn't get into the hotel till 4 a.m. that morning. Uh, they were stuck in snow coming from Utah uh, to Colorado. So that was um, – that, that may have had something to do with it, but but my point being is David Carl said the same thing, kind of, um, by praising his four players and saying that there were a few guys that didn't buy in. <laughs> and you know, when your coach uh, says you didn't buy in, you might sit the next night. I, I asked David uh, off the record. I'm not going to give the answer to this, but I asked him off the record on his goals, goaltending change for Saturday night. Um, he went to the freshman, um, uh, and I asked him, uh, if that had anything to do with it, um, he just kind of smirked at me. So take that uh, for what you will. But um. <laughs> and, and by the way, and 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 I know that I, I don't think it's possible for ASU to maintain this kind of power play conversion pace. But uh, you know, the, the goals are exactly the same. Well, they get they 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 get. You know, can I tell you why that is? Well, first of all, it's because not not only is Caprud a bit of a sniper, but it's it's not an accident that it happens when he one times it and he gets off the quick shot because goalie don't have a chance to move. Okay, 
Um, and when they have the second unit on there, they have Johnny Walker doing the same thing. And 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 at some point, you'd have to think that they might put both of those guys out there, like they did um, a couple of weeks ago when Johnny Walker got his first goal because he was there for the rebound. And it's just, you know, what are you going to do? You, you okay, can't cover. Me, you can't play both of them. But let me give you my opinion on why they're they're. You, you hit it right in the head. They're both snipers for starters, and one of them is on one side of the ice, one is on the other. But the key that there are three keys. That's number one. The other two are this. You have to have a, a defenseman. And, and since Brinson Pashnik left, I don't know that um, Arizona State, and I'm certainly not comparing uh, Tim Lovell and Brinson Pashnik uh, in their overall abilities, but um, Tim Lovell is a very quick, very heady defenseman who can move the puck. Um, so having him as the lone guy back, if you will, the top spot on the umbrella part of the, the uh, power play um, is something – see, he can get both sides, so you don't need to worry about uh, yeah, He a just lot has of, to keep it basic. When he, yeah. he gets in trouble when he tries to play too fancy. Yes, but he can cover both sides because of his quickness and speed. So that, that's number two. And number three is the Arizona State's gone to two guys low, and those two guys low aren't side-by-side. Side, they're stacked and they shift from side to side, which is the probably the worst thing a goaltender can see in his vision is two guys shifting because then it becomes three, maybe four guys shifting because the two uh, Arizona State forwards that are down low move from side to side, and who moves with them? The two players that are defending them uh, from the opposite team. So once there's movement, that creates openings, uh, usually on the top shelf, and uh, guess who's really good at the top shelf? Johnny Walker and uh, Matthew Copper are both very yeah. good at finding the top shelf corners. So can they sustain it? Probably not at this clip because people not will try to defend no. them. Yeah. But um, the way you're going to have to defend that, in my estimation, is you're going to have to get out on those shooters and you're going to have to let those two down low um, battle it out with one guy. One guy's going to have to try to battle with those two and you're gonna have to hope that those shooters can't beat you. Well, you better. Uh, and if they, as long as they, I move mean, the, the two low quick, guys can't beat you. Fine. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the so, way, I know this sounds weird early in the season, as we talked about it after the first weekend. Um, and it's just kind of like um, right now, ASU's twelve in the pairwise. Okay, um, and you have one site that lets you play around with the numbers. So I put in. Uh, them actually winning that first, that second game against Lowell, it actually drops them in the pairwise. Don't ask. Oh, I don't man. know. It's, I, a, I it's a complicated formula, but I just found that amusing. So. <laughs> yeah, that is amusing. And tell the people in the ACHA that too, because Utah, one of the best teams in the WCHL through four or five games, four games now, uh, no, six games actually, uh, is still not even getting, or maybe just getting votes in that poll. So they're waiting for a computer to take over so somebody notices. Uh, hopefully a computer will. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, ASU gets helped by the fact that right now Lowell's two in the pairwise. Right. They had their games uh, postponed this weekend with LIU. Um, they rescheduled those. Um, but that doesn't hurt ASU's pairwise either. But No, um, and and we'll talk pairwise when we get to 1st of uh, March. Yeah, I know. I just, really gonna matter. I just found it amusing, though. That's yeah. why I brought it up. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I just got a text from Jordan. He's on his way home. So he said, hey, is there any way I can jump on on Tuesday? I'm driving right now. So I said, obviously, sure. If you want to come on Tuesday, we'll make room for you Tuesday. So I guess it's going to be me and you for the way out. we got plenty right. of stuff to talk about. So oh, let's, oh, oh. Uh, let's hear from some of our partners, and then let's come back and let's uh, let's hash over what else happened uh, in various parts of the country, most of it in Minnesota, by the way. Uh, we'll get back to that in uh, just a few minutes. So we'll be right back. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. If you live in the valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. As you plan your next trip, or perhaps your first trip in a while, Drury Hotels has over 150 locations to help you travel happy again. Winners of 16 consecutive JD Power Awards for guest satisfaction, Drury Hotels treats you right. Free hot breakfast and happy hours, 24-hour fitness and business centers, as well as more than enough Wi-Fi bandwidth to take care of all your connectivity needs. Whether you're traveling for business, catching a hockey game, or just trying to reconnect with cozy moments, Drury Hotels have the location and amenities you need when looking for a place to stay. 
Call 1-800-DRURY-IN or go to druryhotels.com and book your stay today. Drury Hotels, where our home is your home. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed, it is College Hockey Southwest Live, presented by Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy joining you from Adrian in beautiful uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, it's been spectacular weather out here, Paul. There's been a couple of days that we, you know, it's been cool, but uh, it warms up nicely. And a couple of days we had some rain and snow, but nothing, nothing that yeah. you know hit the yeah. ground or anything like that. It was just, just yeah. kind of. Yeah, miserable. Uh, but anyway, uh, let me talk about our, our newest partner first because as I broadcast from the Summer Skate Studios inside a Drury Inn, unbelievable. I mean, uh, I've known about these places, never stayed there until this trip. Uh, we worked out a corporate partnership with them. Um, and it, <laughs> man, oh, man, they got me, folks. If you, if you need a place to stay, uh, the Drury Inns are the place. The beds are comfortable. Uh, a couple things I always look for, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Paul, uh, on the ad or as our, uh, our voice mentioned on the ad, the connectivity issues way. are non-existent. They are perfect. I mean, I have incredible uh, Internet service here, and I've got one, two, three, four, three phones, uh, a tablet, and uh, running the podcast from here. It's perfectly uh, connected. So, uh, and, and I'm like right in the middle of the hotel on the third floor, uh, here just outside of Denver, um, just a few miles from Magnus arena, but Drury Inns and suites. Oh my goodness. Uh, I got a two room suite, which was fantastic of them to do that for us. Uh, because I need a little room to spread out us. when I'm doing podcasts and stuff. Us. Like that. Okay. What do you mean? Us. <laughs> no You'll us. get your chance. You'll get your chance. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I just had to get that in there because these folks have been just fantastic and accommodating to everything that I need. And last but not least, there's no reason to eat or buy food anywhere when you come come to a Drury Hotel because you get a great hot breakfast, which is, I mean, when I talk hot breakfast, I'm telling there's everything. Uh, Eggs, biscuits, sausage. uh, Routine. Yeah, seasoned potatoes, uh, bagels. Cereal, That's not just for you, right? That's waffles. for everybody. It's for everybody. It's okay, for everybody. Because, yeah. Because it would yeah. not surprise me, of course, if it was just for you. But that's. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure everybody else knew. And you know, because of the hockey schedule, I've had to miss the uh, the happy hours until tonight. I was able to actually get down there to the happy hour, and I, wow, I was thinking too. That's good. I was thinking maybe there's just a couple of uh, drinks or or something going on. Uh, first of all, you get three drinks every night uh, that you stay. And they had a full meal. I sent you a picture of it. It was chicken tenders. It was mashed potatoes. It was vegetables. It was everything. It's like, why Why would you just eat breakfast, eat your happy hour meal, and you're good? So uh, big shout out to the friends uh, at Drury for, uh, for putting everything together for us because it's been uh, – a fantastic stay. It's hard for me to leave because every time, every time I'm ready to check out, I go, maybe I should stay one more. Just yeah, one, one more day. day. What the heck? <laughs> anyway. Okay. So I digress, but for good reason. And we move forward now talking about what happened in the state of Minnesota. Let me recap before you jump into this. Uh, the first are, thing that Are you going to start was, with Friday or are you going to? Yeah. Well, okay. first, I just want to quickly recap what happened in, in Minnesota this week. They had right. uh, the icebreaker tournament. Correct. at my alma mater at UMD, 
They brought right. uh, Michigan, Minnesota right. Duluth, right. Minnesota State, and right. Providence all to Amsoil Arena uh, for uh, two games on Friday, two on Saturday. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, then there was a home-and-home home series between St. Cloud State and Minnesota. Uh, St. Cloud State, I believe, was number two at the time, and Minnesota number four, if I recall. So right. that happened about 280 miles south of Duluth, or maybe not even that far, uh, maybe 220 miles. Anyway, it was all in the state again. of Minnesota. So yeah. um, that that's what was going on, and it was October 15th and 16th. Let me remind you, it was not March 15th and 16th. Right. Um, so let's go up to Minnesota first, uh, or to Duluth first, and talk about that one uh, just real quickly because the 33rd NHL team did what it was. Well, that's pretty to much. Do. That's pretty much what it. it comes down to. You look at the <laughs> box score. First goal, first round pick. Goal, first round pick. Goal, first round pick. Goal, first round pick. Assist, first round pick. Assist, first round pick. Assist, first round pick. Assist from the first round pick. Uh, I mean, just holy smokes. Um, you know, uh, when you see a, a name that's not a first-round pick uh, in the box score, you're like, how'd that happen? Yeah, okay? exactly. I mean, exactly. no disrespect to Garrett Van Wy, but, um, you know, he, he's probably the only guy on the team that's not a first-round pick. That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. It's crazy. We're talking about the University of Michigan, folks, if you haven't figured that out by now. Um, um, they took care of Minnesota Duluth Friday night. And prior yeah, and, to that and, game – and honestly, Minnesota. yeah, uh, you know, I mean, just, um, you know, Michigan, just, you know, the, the, like I said, the, for some reason, Duluth decided, hey, we're big shots. We're gonna spend some time in the penalty box and see how that works. Yeah, I uh, can tell didn't. you one thing, uh, <laughs> Scott. Scott Sandlin did not uh, did not have that <laughs> those words or that mindset. Uh, his players may have, but he certainly did not. And once um, again, Michigan plus three special teams. And, and here's the thing, Paul. They didn't get a shot on goal for the first ten minutes of that game. Yeah, no. <laughs> All I number know. one picks and couldn't get a shot on goal for the first ten minutes. That's the epitome of a slow start, right? Yeah, I would say that that's probably right there with the slow start. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So so that's how that one goes. Minnesota State takes care of Providence and at that point had maintained their uh, number one ranking. Right. Um, so that left Providence and Duluth to do battle on, uh, on Saturday night, and it left uh, Minnesota State and Michigan to do battle on um, the nightcap on Saturday night. And uh, Michigan, uh, close game, really close game. But Michigan pulled that one out too. Well, listen, you know, um, Minnesota State is 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 a high quality team. Uh, they actually, uh, in a lot of stretches, were the better team. It's just once. Oh, look at this! First round pick goal. First round pick goal. Uh, wait, uh, how did? Once again, it's almost a shock when it's not a first round pick that scores. Um, but. Um, Thomas Bordalo with a couple with a goal and an assist. Brendan Brisson with a goal and assist. Luke Hughes held to one assist. I mean, um, you know, and, and Minnesota State actually had a two to one lead uh, in that game. Michigan scores uh, with about five minutes to go to break the tie and win the game. Um, but you know, hey, um, uh, I, I think I think two of those teams will be in the Frozen Four. Uh, probably i i believe minnesota state will be there and i believe michigan will be there 
Well, um, Michigan's not. I, I just I don't. <laughs> I, I really yeah. don't. You know. And, and let me throw out who the other two teams might be. Uh, the the best four teams I think in the country right now are. Um, and hate mail will start coming in, so I love it. <laughs> Bring it on. But I think Minnesota State, Michigan, Denver, and St. Cloud State are the four best teams in the country right now. Um, I may be partial because I've seen Denver quite a bit, but goodness oh, they're gracious. Good. They're really good. Oh, goodness gracious. They are really good. Um, and no disrespect to anybody else, but I'm just telling you, at this point in the season, um, those to me are the top four teams in the country. Yeah. Okay. We'll see about the goalie. Okay, um, so we moved. Wait, hold on, down. hold on, hold you got on. Something else? Yeah, let's let's get let's. Um, I I, I want to move south. I want to move south not, in Minnesota. Well, we'll get there in a second. Relax. You know, BC wins a game against you know they're ranked sixth against Northeastern, who was in the top twenty. And they went on a Friday night, and um, the upsets continue as Sacred Heart whose athletic director is the second-best Mets manager of all time, Bobby Valentine, and the place where I saw my first <laughs> NCAA game when ASU went to play at Sacred Heart. i got to get this in there. Beat BU on Friday night uh, with about 15 seconds to go in the game. So the Atlantic hockey upsets continue. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, Frank, are you listening? Because uh, your team can uh, can continue that streak too when you get a chance. I'm sure they will. But all right, now we can go to Saturday. Okay. Where there were more upsets. You want to do the upsets first and then uh, talk about St. Yeah, Cloud? And yeah, then get them in, get them in quickly because we don't have a whole lot of time left. But get them in quickly. Well, well Do your once upsets. Again, once again, um, Atlantic Hockey gets another upset as Bentley crushes sorry jeff sixth ranked boston college okay um and uh in a much milder upset but still an upset nonetheless 20th ranked bemidji beats north dakota in overtime so more upsets and by the way <laughs> right. you know i mean you know, we're, we're, we're talking, you know, anytime you can beat North Dakota, you know, at home at North Dakota, that's pretty good. Yeah, let me let me tell you, yes, that is very good. And yes, it would be considered an upset. But let me also say something about North Dakota, especially after they have to reload like they do every year Whatever. because they send so many people to the NHL. They are typically, if you're going to get North Dakota, get them in the first month of the season. Because as the season goes on, uh, they get much better. And they're going to be incredibly good uh, after the new year. Um, but uh, anyway, that, that's what I say about that. Not, not, no disrespect to Bemidji State. They're coming down to Arizona State. We'll, we'll all see them. But um, just to say that right now, that uh, if you're going to get North Dakota, get them in October. Are you listening, okay. David? <laughs> All right, whatever. Well, they play in the first week in November, so I guess that's the same thing, right? <laughs> yep, close, close enough. Okay, so is that you, is that your chatter? Because I told everybody at Air Force that I think Atlanta Cocky is getting a bad rap. Um, you heard me talking to a couple of our player profiles that'll be coming out. I well, asked them about that directly. That's a half dozen upsets early in the season. I mean, yeah, you know, they real. don't play a lot of non-conference games. Because they have, you know, they have a, a ten-team league, 
So they don't play a lot of non-conference games once December hits. Um, but you know, they 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 every week so far in these first two full weeks, they they they've probably won about six or seven games that nobody expected them to win, which is a good thing. I'm that it's better oh, for college hockey. Parody. Much better for college hockey. Parody. We love parody. Yes, okay. So then Saturday night, there was a flip-flop. Friday well, night's game between – Well, hold on. Do we between... want to talk about Friday? Well, okay, yeah. Okay. I'm just going to throw that out there. Friday night, St. Cloud State traveled to play at the University of Minnesota. Correct. Paul? Well, yeah. I mean, St. Cloud wins the game. It was, it, was, it, was a, it was a tough, tough battle as you would expect it to be. Uh, not a lot of shots in that game. 41 shots between both teams. You know what Denver calls that? Two periods. Um, well, whatever. I don't, I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. And this was at Mariucci. Okay. Um, there you go. You didn't have to say John Mariucci. You just said at Mariucci. Nice job. I like it. You know, well, it's not the same thing. They don't say John Mariucci Arena. That's what it it's not a nickname mean. either. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. I do, I digress. So so St. Cloud State gets a win at Minnesota, which means Minnesota is not too happy for Saturday night to start with, uh, going no. up to St. Cloud, which for, for people that may be listening to us in the southwest, that's about a 60, 70-minute drive uh, up the uh, Interstate 94. And, of course, Bob Motzko, the former coach at St. Cloud State, is now the head coach at the University of Minnesota. Okay, it's Saturday, Paul. Go ahead. Okay. I mean – all right, so first of all, you know that it's going to be crazy at uh, Herb Brooks National Hockey Center. You know it's going to be crazy there. They, you know it's the going to the be fans nice. were in like an hour early. As soon as they would open the door, the student section were there. <laughs> I, I'm kind of surprised that uh, they didn't rip the doors open and, and let them and just say, eh, it's, it's, you might as well. But either way, uh, you knew the place was going to be nuts. Okay. Um, and it was kind of, and it was a much different game, much more wide open game on Saturday night. Uh, the game went back and forth. St. Cloud uh, takes the early lead um, at the end of the first period. Uh, Minnesota comes right back in the second period, uh, gets the equalizer early, and takes the lead going into the locker room between periods. Um, St. Cloud comes out fired up and, and, and ties the game right away. Uh, 20 seconds into the first in the third period they tie the game um, as this game just goes back and forth and back and forth a minute later Minnesota takes the lead again you know um, late in the, in the third period uh, St. Cloud gets a power play goal to tie the game and we head to overtime oh, we love three on three overtimes we love it I know Paul that's his favorite thing Oh, first of all, I'd rather see that than shootouts. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, and, and me, I'd rather see them go seven and a half minutes and make sure that these games don't end in ties. But that's, once again, another podcast for another time. And very early in the overtime. Okay. What happened? Did we miss something? Well, we didn't. The only people that missed it were the guys that count. 
<laughs> the guys wearing the orange orange stripes uh, or the, the orange bands on their stripes. Their, it was if you if you go back and you watch the video replay of which I have about fifty play, times. It that was awful. Not calling, not not calling that okay, a penalty was ridiculous. It happened right in front of the official, right in front of him, right in front of him. Okay, okay. stop it! Right, stop it right there. No penalty was called on the play. No penalty was called. It was an and then obvious Minnesota hook. Can, obvious hook. And creates Minnesota a turnover. Did what? It creates a turnover. Yeah. Minnesota gets a puck. Yep. They uh, pass along the, the, the left-hand boards or the far boards up to the point. And the next thing you know, the puck's in the back of the net as Sammy Walker gets his second of the game. And and this is the part and that by the way, in, in, in Arizona, that's the other Walker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Um, and this is the part that should never happen, ever. And for all the credit I give the St. Cloud fans for being really ready to go, after the goal was scored, they threw stuff on the ice. You can't. Yeah, you can't condone that. You cannot you, you, condone that. And 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 it was bad enough where the NCHC put out a statement, and basically Josh Fenton says we're putting this out because we have to make sure that the, the throwing of stuff doesn't happen again. Yeah, well, the NCHC, uh, arguably the best conference in college hockey, and I, I'm going to say the best run conference in college hockey, not just because we're partners, but um, if you ever watch what happens on NCHC from the broadcast to the the media to the officiating, most everything is, is top-notch. So I'm sure that there was something done with the officials on that one, at least the discussion, as to what that happened. Now, and, and it was behind uh, the I, scenes. As it you and I be. are going to disagree on this just a little bit, okay? No, we're not. Well, of course we are. Yeah, we are. We're going to disagree on this, I promise you. I'm going to tell you this from being a level four official who hasn't officiated a game in 15 years. Um, as I looked at that play and replay, and if I met official down low, I'm going to see the hook, and my arm's going to go up for the hook mm-hmm. because it was a hook. The stick mm-hmm. was in the jersey. Okay. Section. Yeah. Yeah. In the jersey. So, so you got to call a hook now. Was that hook uh, enough of a hook to, yes. to make the player go skates up? No, yes. it was not. It was not that – that. No, sorry. It was – okay, I'm, I'm just telling you. It was a hook, and it should have been called a hook. But yes, when End you throw story. your skates up, you, you, you then submit yourself to you, su- you are, subjection. You to, are not doing that. Yes, I'm going to say it. You're, you're – you don't I, even say because you and then Bob Motzko would be wrong. <laughs> well, here's okay, where no, no, okay, I here's where you and I disagree. You you think it was just a hook. I think it could have been called a hook, and I think if I was an official could've and been I saw him, uh, no, been no, okay, okay, hold on, let me rephrase that. It was definitely a hook. Okay, we're on the same page. It was a hook. The arm should have been up. It, it should have been going down. But as soon as I see a player who has a, a stick in his midsection, completely go airborne, um, then there's an embellishment. And, no, and my, my arm is going to go up again to, to get both players, one for embellishing. You see it all the time. One for embellishing and one for the hook. So and I then guess you, the fact. And so then I you guess. stay even. You don't, you don't decide the game 
on on a penalty like that. Horse crap so, because you did decide the game. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what happened. Okay. They did decide and, the game, but if, by you, the way, if you take them no, both, you, you take them both. Now you're you're still at even strength in the overtime because crap. that's that's what horse should crap. have happened, and you should have stopped the play horse crap. Uh, right away so that Sammy Walker doesn't get down the ice and score the goal. Horse crap. Okay, because so here's here's where we agree. If you actually watch the video, here's where we agree. Here's where we agree that Bob Motzko and, and I'm going to say both coaches because I, I didn't see um, um, my man from uh, Brett from Larson. Minnesota Duluth, uh, the uh, head coach at uh, St. Cloud State. I didn't see Brett Larson go on the ice, but I understand that was his first time he's ever gone on the ice uh, to to dispute it. So. That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen either. Just like throwing well, stuff on the ice shouldn't it, happen. It, the coaches. Right, but if the game was over. No, you don't go on the ice. Uh, you deal I, with the I officials afterwards. You stay on the bench. You're not wearing skates, okay? Sure. You're wearing street shoes. You don't go sure. on the ice. You do not, period. Uh, it was ironic that that was Saturday night when at Denver they were honoring George Wazdaki, who I've seen uh, do that more than more than one time. Matter of fact, at North Dakota, he stood on the uh, the dasher board and threw sticks on the ice after a call. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, and, and, but anyway, and once again, you you and Bob Mosco would be wrong, and, and Bob Mosco was very wrong to come out and defend it uh, by saying what what I said. He 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 should not have said that. You were wrong. He should not have said it publicly. Well, um, you still, you but, and, but you and he would be wrong because no, it wasn't a dive. It was the a Saint, dive. The St. Cloud a... player was on his he edges was hooked. as he was turning around the net. He was hooked. As he was coming around the net, he was on his edges. So to, to say that, that he embellished a dive as he's turning to head up the ice listen, from being it, behind the net, nah, that's garbage. No, that but listen to clear, me. This is what you're vote. taught. This is what you're taught in hockey right now, Paul. If you feel a stick in your midsection – you go down immediately because the official may not see it, may not call it, but as soon as you feel it, down. You are because not, then, then the arm's going to go up. You are not doing that. You are not doing that in that spot where the puck is right around your net in overtime. You're not oh, doing that. Yes, you are because no, guess what? Not. Guess what? If that St. Cloud player, Mr. Perbix, was thinking, okay, I'm getting us a man advantage because and by I'm going to make sure that and, he knows and, and, this was a hook. And by the way, if you're not sure what the call should have been, if you watch the entire video, the Gophers stopped skating because they were like stunned that there was no call. Stunned. Yeah. I'm so telling that you. tells you I everything agree. you need to know. Yeah, that, exactly. There was a hook on the play, and it was embellished. No, it was it not. Was embellished. And you, once again, you are wrong. No. Anyway, we'll we'll agree to disagree, but I'll say that that it was definitely a hook, and it should have been called a hook. And if he continues to to skate on, it's a hook, and they're on the power play. But as soon as he decides that he needs to do an acting job of any degree, that that negates it. So at the very worst, it should have been uh, two minutes for each, two minutes you know, for a hook, You're two wrong, minutes but okay. for an embellishment, and then the game. Yeah, but the whole discussion, Paul, is is that. It, it gave Minnesota an unfair advantage right? because they didn't make that penalty call. Right. So if, if if you're in overtime and you want the game to be decided, be decided by the players, then you take them both and let the players decide it. You, but you didn't because you didn't call the hook. Exactly. That's exactly. That's exactly. Because there was exactly. no embellishment. Yep. 
So you should have and either and either, and, and either way. Let's just let's for argument's sake say that your wrong prem your faulty premise was wrong or right. Okay? <laughs> the whistle would have blown. So the play should either yeah, way, whether it was a minute because yes. the next player that touched the puck was a Minnesota player. Yes. And since that was the case and the penalty that was where the first penalty called, came from, it should have been whistled down. Yes. It been whistled down. Yep. He missed it. There's no doubt about it. I'm sure he's being reprimanded by it. Um, I, I may just reach out to uh, supervisor officials. Um, um, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Schmidt, um, who I know pretty well and uh, just see what he says. Maybe we can get him on too, but yeah, anyway, yeah. um, listen, anyway, and, we'll and see, listen, I, we'll see what the happens. Fact that, just the fact that, and like I said, I, I, I know why Josh Fenton put the statement out because of the fans throwing stuff out on the ice. You can't do that. Can't do You just can't, no matter what the nope. officiating was, you cannot do that. You nope. cannot you, do uh, that under any shape, circumstance, whatever. You cannot do that. Yeah, and let's let's be realistic here. I mean, it was a game in October. Do they all matter? Of course they all matter. But Heck it was a yes. game in October. It, it, you know, I mean, for, for fans' sake, this wasn't the Frozen Four. This wasn't the end of your season. This wasn't a playoff game that ended your season. This was in the middle of October between two very, very bitter rivals, mm-hmm. uh, probably two yeah. of the most bitter in, in college hockey. And I, if hopefully you know, I can remember at the end of the season – to, to, <laughs> switch to, the, to switch the results in the pairwise yeah, and just see if that actually affects spot 15 or 16. Oh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that'll be doing that. To, well, that's uh, true. To see where, where it goes. But yeah, I, I, I agree. The official completely unless there's no the Unless it's an easy, unless the, the, the delineation in the last two spots is pretty clear cut regardless. But yeah. people are going to do it anyway. Of course they are. But I mean, it's... Uh, it was definitely a hook, and like I said, if you don't want to let uh, a penalty decide a game, then then call them both, or don't, or or call the one that happened. You know, I mean, you gotta. I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just telling you from a referee standpoint. I'm also telling from a coach's standpoint that if you're taught that if you feel the stick in your ribs, to go down because there's no way from where that official was was looking. Uh, he could see the stick come up and go around the waist. He should have called it right then and there. There's no doubt about it. But there was no reason for for Perbix to go down. Uh, he should have kept on going. It's uh, you know, it's it's three on three. It takes more to knock uh, Perbix down than than that yeah. stick. But yeah, and I'll tell you, he was coming around the net and on his edges. Nah, nah, that yeah, still that ain't go gonna pull him down. Yeah, I saw the video. I saw it fifty times. Clearly that, not. Clearly that's not. not gonna. Yeah, but you you got to be on the ice with a stick around your waist. That's not going to pull you down. It's not going to pull you down. Going around the net, going anywhere, going right down the middle of the ice. It's not going to pull you up so your skates go airborne. That, that was just – but but he did what he was supposed to do, and it didn't work. The official didn't blow the whistle like he should have. So anyway, so that was the uh, controversy in the state of Minnesota, and um, the icebreaker trophy went home to Michigan, uh, a lot mm-hmm. like a lot of trophies are going to go home to Michigan for a while. <laughs> yeah. um, as, as, we wrap up, as we wrap up this one, I want to give some people that are listening to Food for Thought, and here it is. If, uh, if you're listening to the podcast tonight, I want you to think between now and Tuesday night um, about the NIL. We haven't talked about that very much because in college hockey, I don't know if 
I know that teams are even making it very public that their players are getting stuff, but you look at a team like Michigan, um, and there's a bunch of number one draft picks there, and if they want to hang around in college for a while, uh, and Michigan wants to watch them play and win three, maybe four national championships, um, is there some money coming out of the woodworks? I mean, uh, we've seen it in football. I mean, ASU, look at Jaden Daniels. He's uh, going to be a very rich man uh, <laughs> at Arizona State with cars and pizza deals and cash deals. So um, um, think about this. If you're Michigan and you're a Michigan booster, are you not trying to sign um, your players to keep them around for four years? Hmm. You, we we hmm. can talk about that if you want. And we have I just talked want, about I, it. I want we people have, to think about it. We have talked about it in terms of uh, uh, Owen Power. Okay. Oh, for sure. But oh, as I say but, that, Buffalo is 2-0. and <laughs> It's still Buffalo. Um, I know. <laughs> it's still Buffalo, okay? And um, as far as uh, Brendan Brisson is concerned, um, he's not, he was never wondering where his next meal was coming from either as his – father is one of the super agents in the NHL, if not other sports. So he wasn't worried about where his checks were. His no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying um, that as for that, the other guys, I don't know. Does he want to go spend time in Brendan's case? Does he want to go spend time in the AHL uh, in Henderson or does he want to spend a couple more years seasoning uh, Henderson, at, at Michigan? Henderson, Vegas. It's, I know they're not, it's not the same town, but I mean, it is. Come on. I know, but um, the paycheck's not the same. The paycheck in the AHL again, and the paycheck in the NHL is a little different. And and You and, could and probably I'm, get more at Michigan. And I'm pretty sure that Matty Bernier's is probably getting some of that cracking money from some of the merchandise. I don't know. Who knows what they're selling in, 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 in uh, at, at Yost Arena, but... Yeah, my, no. my point my point being is with the NIL uh, in effect, um, it, it it brings for the very first time a little bit of um, mm, at least hmm, thought. You have to think to about this. it. Yeah, but you know the goal is still to play in the NHL. Of course it is, but if if your first goal is or to, Buffalo, <laughs> if your first goal is to uh, to play in the NHL and you'd like to go from your college days to the NHL and not go from your college days to the ECHL or the AHL um, before the NHL, maybe that's not such a bad spot. That wasn't an option in the past because you, in the but past, you also remember, if you wanted to get paid, you had to turn pro. Yes. But once again, you also, even if you, when you leave, whenever that might be, the decision's not in your hands. Yeah, not totally. Whether I whether mean, whether you're going to make an NHL roster or be put in the AHL, not right? Well, not, not totally, but uh, but you still have to be ready. I mean, you have to prove yourself. I mean, ask Mason McTavish, ask uh, any of those 18 year olds that are playing uh, Eklund uh, in San Jose. I mean, if you get your game ready, they they can't say no. They won't say no well, if you're yeah. ready to go. But if you can stay. Mm, and season yourself. I'm just, I'm just saying, folks. Think about it. And uh, if you want to tweet us, tweet us. If you want to send a message on the on the uh, the text on the chat box, I should say during the next podcast on Tuesday night. Go ahead and do that. 
Yeah, Otherwise, well, what a great show. And, and we didn't even get Jordan on yet. So when we get Jordan Tuesday, we're going to find out what happened in Omaha and, and everything else from the NCHC because she's only have two teams. He covers them all. Yeah, well, that's true. And, you know, and that- by the way, let me give a shout out too quickly, Paul, to uh, the new associate commissioner for the NCHC, Michael uh, Weisman, who has been trying to corner me to, <laughs> to have, have a couple of beers with him for two weeks that I've been here, and his schedule is so crazy, it's worse than mine. Uh, I did see him at the Air Force uh, Denver game the other night, and uh, he didn't even have time to do an interview with me because he was trying to keep up with what was happening in Duluth. He said, i got to watch this one. So uh, it was yeah, pretty well. crazy, but congratulations again, Michael. That's a great honor to be the uh, – the associate commissioner uh, of the NCHC. Yeah, no, good for him. Congratulations, Michael. And, uh, you know, one day, uh, you know, when you get to Scott's level, you'll be able to uh, get him pinned down for an, for, for an adult beverage. So <laughs> this is what happens when you're a celebrity. That's all I can say. Uh, take it away. From the Summer Skate Studio behind the masks, College Hockey Southwest Live. On the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network is brought to you by Burrito Express. Homemade taste, takeout speed, six East Valley locations. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the one near you. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue, Las Vegas style and now available in our new spot at all Allegiant Stadium events. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Boost Mobile, bring your current phone to any location and learn how to get a new SIM card free when you switch to Boost Mobile. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, fabulous Las Vegas atmosphere. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at iTunes, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Mask, College Hockey Southwest Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. And uh, for anybody that cares, the uh, the moving vehicle will now head on to Missouri, Oklahoma, and will end up for a uh, WCHL ITHSW game of the week uh, between number one um, UCL, University of Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State at Missouri State. Looking forward to that environment in ACHA hockey. And then, of course, uh, Saturday and Sunday, two games uh, between Air Force and Lindenwood. Lindenwood, soon to be the newest NCAA team. So we'll get a chance to watch them play two-game series against uh, Air Force. Uh, Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, And by the way, remember at the beginning of the, you know, a few months ago, we were all being told, as far as uh, Central Oklahoma is concerned, how they were going to be down this year? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see. I'll see that uh, firsthand uh, as they're playing very, very good hockey. I can't wait to see that game. So uh, tomorrow night, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. And uh, Tuesday night, Paul and I will be back with you for College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Uh, we will make time for uh, Jordan McAlpine on Tuesday night for sure. 
and probably have another guest as well, we hope. Yeah, hey, we can join and, us. We can triple team somebody. And Wednesday night ball, live from Missouri State's practice. I'm going to be in the seats doing the podcast as the Missouri State Ice Bears uh, go through their preparations for a weekend series against uh, their foes from uh, the University of Central Oklahoma. Nice. All right. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro, and uh, talk to you all Tuesday night.